morning, and peace be with you. We have Lee uh, with our announcements this morning, but I am going to announce just one thing, because he, he'll announce it again, so that you don't forget. But the announcement is, are you ready? We are going to have our own, very own adult vacation Bible school, VBS. Woohoo! All right, there was much rejoicing. And um, that'll happen on uh, Tuesday, June, the, June 20th at noon. And our theme for this, and there's a little flyer out there, and you might have seen some of the flyers. You can hand those out to friends. The theme is food truck. All about food. And it's got a food truck. And it was brought to my attention that I make sure that you know there will not be a food truck here, but that the food will be inside uh, the fellowship hall, so at noon. So it'll be a, a brief Bible study, a time of fellowship, breaking of the bread, which is part of the theme today in our gospel of Jesus eating with people. And that's what we're wanting to do, is to come together in Jesus' name, to lift him high, to read his word, and to fellowship with each other in the breaking of bread. So that's what's going to happen. One more thing. Okay, yes, thank you for pointing that out. So what is happening is that normally we would have our Bible study on Tuesdays, which meet each Tuesday. VBS is not like for the kids where it goes five days long and all that kind of stuff. It is, it'll take the place of our Bible study on Tuesdays. And it'll go five... It'll go five weeks and we're skipping the 4th of July. So if that would be interesting to you, come. It'll be fun and invite friends and neighbors and anyone that you uh, would like to bring with you, okay? And without further ado, we have uh, Lee, our car aficionado. Got to go see Lee yesterday at a car show uh, at One Mile Square Park, and boy, there were some nice vehicles. His is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, Lee. All right, well, uh, let's see. It's good to be back. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Um, this month's uh, birthday is Linda Yabuki on the 19th, which is next week. And then uh, the anniversaries, we have both Steve and Bed Amundsen. Was this your first anniversary or second? Somewhere under? <laughs> okay. I, I, was, I was a little bit light on that. There's more than that. Okay. Um, and then uh, Ron and LaVon Bush also on the 29th. Uh, missions, just a reminder, we're uh, again are, are still doing the Chosen People Ministries, uh, which go out through 18 countries altogether, uh, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to Jewish people around the world. Um, the normal stuff, like sit and be fit, Bible study, everything is the same. Uh, uh, you can read it, as, as the pastor would say, when, when you have a chance at your leisure. Uh, the VBS for adults, uh, I know you haven't heard that before today, but uh, it will be starting on Tuesday, June 20th, which is week after next. Yeah, okay, not this week. And let's see, um, July 9th, I think that should be fun. It's going to have a, a quartet here to entertain us, so that would be something different. I, I'm looking forward to that. July 9th. Um, and on July 21st, we will be having the Peggy Jones Memorial. Um, and it'll be, like I said, be Friday, July 21st at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody will be here for that, or most everybody that is not working. So anyway, like I said, the other stuff is uh, it's on there every week. Read it when you get a chance. Uh, don't have to memorize it. There won't be a quiz, but make sure you keep it handy so that you will be able to refer to it. Thank you.
sun Sung by flaming tongues above Raise his name Fixed upon the name of God stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, well, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to seek and to save the lost. Graciously open our ears and our hearts to hear his call and to follow him by faith, that we may feast with him forever in his kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading we have today is taken from the book of Hosea, chapter 5, verses 15 and chapter 6, 1 through 6. This can be found on the Pew Bible on page 1401. Uh, I, I didn't know too much about Hosea until I read this, and uh, he was a prophet back about 700 B.C., and he's got a tough time because uh, the Israelites are, are, are pretty wicked right now, and this kind of portrays a little bit of it. Uh, so Hosea 5, 15, and 6 6. Then I will return to my lair until they have borne their guilt and seek my face. In their misery, they will earnestly seek me. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us, and on the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do to you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I cut you in pieces with my prophets. I kill you with the words of my mouth. Then my judgments go forth like the sun. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God, 
rather than burnt offerings. We'll read Psalm 119, verses 65 through 72, responsibly. It's in your bulletin on page 6, Psalm 119, 65 to 72. Do good to your servant according to your word, Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your wall. It was good for me to be afflicted, so that now I might learn your decrees. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25, and can be found on page 1752 in the Pew Bible. This is Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offsprings received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For those who depend on the law are heirs. Faith means nothing and promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promises come by faith, so that it may be by grace and be, may be guaranteed to all Abraham's children, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom we believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall, off so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. shall we go you have the words of eternal life alleluia <clears throat> the holy gospel according to saint matthew from the ninth chapter glory to you o lord our gospel this morning does indeed come from saint matthew chapter 9 verses 9 through 13 and can be found on page 1509 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners they came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, 
Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. Today, I want to share with you some thoughts about upcoming events. You know, no matter how you vote or plan to vote in the next election, there is one one tactic that seems to come up in every political campaign. That is that sooner or later, one or more candidates will ask us all to judge the other candidates by the company that they keep. They'll ask, do the other candidates have connections to corrupt politicians or lobbyists? Does anyone on their campaign staff have a questionable background. What special interest groups make donations to their campaigns? Do any of their family members exhibit personal problems, either public or private, past or present? What about them? To be sure, every candidate's organization will be out to find the skeletons in the other candidates' closets, and some will go so far as to make stuff up. As the saying goes, birds of a feather flock together. And of course, This does not only apply to politics. When we learn about a person's questionable companions, we, you and me, usually lower our opinion of that that person. We often judge others by the company that they keep, don't we? Today's gospel tells us that Jesus also dealt with this issue. His opponents, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they did not like the company that Jesus kept. Jesus had chosen a tax collector to be one of his disciples. And if you understand just a little bit about the culture of that time and place, you would understand that this is absolutely incredible. You see, tax collectors were among the most hated people in the society. And even today, even today, tax collectors are not the most popular folks. But back then, they were fiercely, completely hated History reveals that back then, tax collectors put in a bid with the Roman government for the right to collect taxes. And whoever was the highest bidder would then turn around and collect taxes from the general population in order to make good on that bid. So, 
whatever he collected, the tax collector, over and above the bid was his to keep. Now, strictly speaking, there was no such thing as corrupt tax since the tax collector had every right to squeeze whatever he could get out of the population. The tax collector could decide who was to pay taxes and how much they had to pay. And in most cases, the tax collector really stole his wealth from the population. But the Roman government didn't care as long as they got their money. So although taxation methods were often unethical and immoral, strictly speaking, they really couldn't be illegal, at least not by Roman standards or law. And then, of course, to add to that, the tax collector was acting as an agent of an occupying army. That is to say, the Roman legion. And that means that he was also a traitor as well as a thief. Further, the Romans were considered Gentiles by the Jewish people. And so generally they were, well not generally, they were ceremoniously, ceremonially unclean. You may remember that the temple authorities who brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, they would not enter Pilate's house. They wanted to be ceremonially clean so that they could celebrate the Passover. And by associating with the Romans, the tax collectors were also unclean. And the list of offenses that most people had against the tax collectors was long. That is the reason that the terms tax collector and sinner went hand in glove. They were together synonymous. So Jesus was already bucking the trend when he chose a tax collector to be his disciple. But then we read that Matthew decided to use some of his ill-gotten gain his wealth to honor Jesus with a dinner. And of course, Matthew invited all of his old friends to this dinner. He wanted his friends to meet Jesus also. So Jesus and his disciples, they, they found themselves at a tax collector's house eating a meal with some of the absolute scum of society. And to make it worse, as if that weren't bad enough, we need to remember that the people in that time and place, well, they didn't sit at the table to eat. They lay on couches, long couches, next to low tables, and typically there would be three people reclined on each couch. This means, this means that when Jesus ate with the tax collectors and the sinners, he was laying down among them. And back then, eating dinner together was much more, much more of a personal experience than it really is today. Perhaps... Now you can understand the reason that the Pharisees were absolutely astonished that Jesus went to this dinner. And you can see why they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? This simply went against the accepted guidelines for devout rabbis. So when Jesus heard what they were saying, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. Go, he said, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, 
but to call sinners. And with these words, Jesus tells us that he is a physician of the soul. And here, Jesus asks us to compare his work as Savior to the work of a doctor. Now, if you go in for a routine physical and the doctor finds nothing wrong, he might say, well, you don't need to see me for anything. You don't need me for anything. I'll see you at your next physical. Now, if on the other hand, the doctor says, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm writing you a prescription and I want to see you again sometime next week. Well, at that point, you know something's not right. Doctors don't spend a lot of time with healthy people, but they do spend time with people who are the sickest. Now, there are many people who see Jesus lying down <clears throat> to eat with tax collectors and sinners, and they think that Jesus was validating their lifestyle. Oh, it must not be so bad. He's hanging out with my kind of folk, right? But nothing could be further from the truth. That is, Jesus was saying that they needed a doctor for their souls. He was saying that these people had a disease that needed a cure. He was saying that something was wrong with them, and he was there to fix it. And he offered a cure to these people. And the sad part of today's gospel is the Pharisees. That is, they too were sinners. They too desperately needed the mercy of God that Jesus earned for them on the cross. And unfortunately, they rejected the mercy that Jesus offered. They were like a seriously sick man who is too proud to admit that he is sick. This is the type of man where his family and his friends and his doctor, they love him and they want him to recover. And they tell this sick man, they tell him that he is sick and that there is a simple cure for his disease. Something that is simple, that's effective, reliable, and has no side effects. And despite it all, this man, because of his pride, refuses to listen even to the point where he becomes angry at those who love him. And eventually his pride kills him because he will not admit to his disease. And in a similar way, the forgiveness that Jesus offers does no good for those who refuse to admit that they are sick with sin. The cure that Jesus offered to the sinners in today's gospel it is the cure that he offers to all people. It is his body and blood sacrificed on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And he took all of the sins, the sins of Matthew and his friends, and he took it upon himself. And there he satisfied the justice of God's holy wrath against sin. Jesus separated the sin from the sinner. One more time. Jesus separated the sin from the sinner so that God was able to condemn and destroy sin without destroying the sinner. You see how that works? His wrath was not against you. His wrath was against sin. And his son came to separate the sin from you, that he could destroy the sin and save the sinner. And instead of destroying the sinner, God offers mercy to you and to me. Christ's sacrifice on the cross is good for our sin also. It works for us. We, like Matthew and his friends, are sinful people. You know that, right? We may not have cheated people 
out of their taxes. But we've all cheated. We have all stolen. We have all lied. We have all been unfaithful. We have all murdered. And we deserve the same punishment that Matthew and his friends deserved. We need the same cure that Jesus offered in today's gospel. And we have it. As the Holy Spirit inspired John to write in his first epistle, in 1 John 2, 2, he is the propitiation for our sins, and not just for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And Jesus still offers the same mercy that he offered to Matthew and his friends. He offers mercy to the whole world. He has the only cure for our spiritual disease. And we receive. We receive the benefits of his cure as the Holy Spirit shows our sin to us and creates faith that trusts in Jesus only for our salvation. Jesus is in the business of transforming things. He transformed the defeat of the cross into a victory over sin, death, and the devil. And when he rose from the dead, he transformed death from a door to eternal death into a door to eternal life. And he transformed sinners. He transformed sinners into saints. Now, the table fellowship of the first century Palestine was normally a place to solidify and reinforce the role of people in the society. For those of the upper class, table fellowship demonstrated their superior station in life. And for those of the lower class, it it demonstrated their inferior station in life. And the meal was the event that made sure everyone knew their place. And Jesus changed all that. Jesus transformed all of that. Jesus reached out at meals to transform and convert people. Jesus used these meals as opportunities to reach out into the lost sheep of Israel. He used these meals to offer grace and mercy and peace to all who come. And with his table fellowship here on earth, he pointed to the eternal feast of heaven, that is the wedding banquet of the Lamb. And it is at this feast that we all, all who believe, we will recline with Matthew and his believing friends. And there, at the feast that is to come, we will enjoy eternal, perfect table fellowship with Jesus Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your, of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord God Almighty, Heavenly Father, Savior and Holy Spirit, we gather this morning to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, we give you our thanks and praise for all of the blessings you have given to us. And we're sorry that we often can't recognize your grace and generosity, even when it's right before our eyes. We're blinded by our own sin of greed for power, wealth, and material goods, and follow the evil suggestions and lies of Satan, which leads to our anger, hate, and despair. We pray that you would open our eyes to the daily deceit we face and focus our minds and actions on following your commands and the truth, who is your son, Jesus. Please keep us steadfast in our faith Holy Father, we pray for wisdom within our national, state, and local elected leaders and those who aspire to be. Please guide each of them to place the good of our country above their own personal ambitions and forego the hateful rhetoric and divisiveness that threatens the safety and health of our citizens. We also pray, Holy Spirit, that you would shine a light on those who seek to sow conflict and fear among us and to create lawlessness and chaos. Such individuals are knowingly or unwittingly in league with Satan, whose power is far greater than ours. Please save us from these people. Lord, you know that our society is saturated with violence towards one another as we turn our backs on you and ignore your precepts for peaceful lives. Evil is running unchecked throughout our land, and we seek to destroy each other at the most minor of disagreements, or for no reason at all. Even our young children seek to harm or even kill one another. We want to blame various weapons, but fail to understand or address the deadly sickness that fills the hearts and minds of our people. Holy Spirit, we pray for your intervention and expulsion of the demons within us. We also pray for our children and adolescents who are under attack by corrupt and perverted adults in our school systems, universities, and entertainment and social media platforms. The damage being done to innocent youngsters is clearly evil, and we pray that you provide parents, friends, and family members the knowledge, wisdom, and fortitude to open the eyes and hearts of our children to see and hear the truth and turn from the perversion being offered to them. Lord, you established our country as a beacon of light and hope and protector of the oppressed and burdened throughout the world, but we have cast your precepts and purpose for our nation aside to reflect more of a den of iniquity than a shining light. We pray that it is your will 
that we be restored to our former purpose and once again be a nation who serves the greater good throughout the world. We pray for the health and safety of our friends, families, and loved ones. Please speak your healing word to those who suffer and provide knowledge and wisdom to physicians who serve as your earthly agents of medicine. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals. We especially pray for our law enforcement officers throughout the United States, wherever they serve to protect us from the evil actions of others. Lord, we pray for safe travels for those we love during this summer season. Guide us to let go of the stress and worry surrounding us and focus on the goodness you have placed before us. Enable us to be kind to all we encounter and keep us from harm and from harming others during our travels. Holy Father, we give thanks for the creation of Earth, the stars, and the planets in your universe. Thank you for enabling us to see and appreciate all that you have created. We're incredibly humbled that as infinitesimally small and insignificant as the human race is within your creation, that you love us so much that you sacrificed your only son, Jesus, to save us from destruction and damnation. Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers, even when those prayers are contained within the busyness of our daily thoughts. And we thank you for filling our hearts with your creative presence that serves to displace our anxiety of that which we can't control, which is pretty much everything. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The holy sacrament of the altar that was instituted by Jesus is for all who believe and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that's your confession, then come. The table is prepared. With the elements of the wine, there is an inner circle that is apple juice for those that prefer non-alcoholic, and then the outer red uh, circle is uh, wine. Come. The table is prepared.
yes you are Everything else is shaking Lord My hiding place My strong tower God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good, so good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time through the darkest night. Life will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. If you're walking through the valley, there are shadows all around. Do not fear. He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. He has promised. Never leave you or forsake you, and His word is true. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now our sending song this morning is Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Um, On the Sundays that we don't have our worship uh, players, Uh, Of course, we we have recorded music. On page 389 of the Lutheran Book of Worship, the Green Book, it's close so that if you'd like to sing along, you can. Soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall be lead, till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. For to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. Ye that are his now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength.
stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, he dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watch him unto prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the victory. 